This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So let me ask you a question. America, like I said, society, it's very focused on effort and work and what we call hishtadlis. and, And people should be doing their utmost best to do that. Do you, do you find that we're doing a bit too much of that, right? We're staying in the office until 11 o'clock. And sometimes it's actually warranted. I'm not, I'm not saying not. But for the most part, if we accept it upon ourselves that 9 to 5 is 9 to 5 and we put down the hammer and go home and have that realization that whatever's coming to us is coming to us. Do you think we're overly invested in Hishtadlis? You know, we see how common it is for people's lives to be so overwhelming with stress that it's possible that we may lose focus because while we have to do Hishtadlis, you know, we can't just sit back uh, in our chair and expect, you know, through the chimney, the money is going to come in. But sort of the happy medium is one has to work as if it's to completely dependent on them and at the same time know that it doesn't make a difference. So when you have that attitude, it releases the stress because you're going to work hard. It's important to work hard. It's important to have good work ethic. But when you know that it doesn't matter, it relieves the excessive tension, excessive stress. So I think the barometer in a person's own life to know, you know, am I working too hard? Is stress is part of the reality of life, you know? Only when you're horizontal is there no stress. When you're six feet under, it's pretty much stress free. Mm-hmm. But when the stress levels are above and beyond, then yeah, the hishtalus is too much. <laughs> in that, you're saying hishtadlis is part of the checklist, but it's not the means to the end, right? Going to work is part of what we're being asked to do, but because you bring a paycheck home has nothing to do with the fact that because you did A and B, now you're going to get C, right? You're being asked to do something, you're doing it, and God will support you in that. So good. This is a very uh, deep philosophical uh, idea, but in Judaism, we believe whatever Rosh Hashanah is coming up on Rosh Hashanah, God surveys the repertoire of, you know, mitzvahs and averos, and he decrees this year you're making $112,000. You could do nothing. You could jump through hoops. You're getting that money. But there's an obligation to fulfill the concept of hishtadlas. But whether you do or not, whatever you're supposed to get is coming to you. So what that does is it takes the tension out of it. You know, I don't need to run the rat race. I'm getting what I'm supposed to get. You know, should I go back to the office for that extra hour? If you feel like a shmata and you don't have the strength, you're welcome to go back. You're not going to make any more money by doing so. That's that's the idea. Thinking to my own career, some of the the more financially successful years were not necessarily the years in which I put in the most work, right? And, you know, once you actually see that and realize, hey, my best month, I actually didn't invest 14 hours a day and I took a a little bit lighter and 
lo and behold, a new client came in from there and another one said, hey, they want a new service. And it really had nothing to, to do with what I'm doing. I have actually over the last couple of years been benching from a bencher. And I know you have a whole share <laughs> on that. And it's our only biblical commandment. And, you know, and I've seen it, right? The slower I go with benching, the the the, the better I do financially. One time I, I actually, just to pat myself on the back, I once sat and it took me like 20, 25 minutes to bench. And I said wow. every word out loud. And then like the next month, you know, I, I saw something tangible and you know, some people will roll their eyes when when they hear that, but we'll link to that share in the show notes. I also want to talk about our neighbors, our friends, right? Keeping our eyes open for opportunities. It's so easy to get lost in the rat race and and rightfully so, right? You, you have to support today's economic times, whether we're in a recession or not. You have to be there for your family and support and, oh, okay, I'll give tzedakah, but, but like, Actually being there for a friend, it's not easy. But how important is that for people driving in their cars today to say, hey, what can I do to help a neighbor in need? Similar to what we spoke about before, where there's a tendency to compartmentalize our lives. Okay, this is uh, my spiritual my spiritual portion of the day. And now I'm at work and I'm going to focus on my bottom line and my family. and the more we mix the focus on, well, okay, but this is also a spiritual realm. The more we focus on the spiritual realm during our working hours, there's also a tendency to say, look, I'm a very big Baal Sunday morning, I went to that, you know, Tom Cheshavis breakfast. I went to the High Lifeline event, but now I'm working. So don't bother me. Now I'm focused on, you know, my bottom line, my family. In the summer, we did a lot of uh, trips to uh, places of Jewish historic interest. We were in uh, Spain, Amsterdam, Portugal, and uh, the organizer of the tour of Avir Tours, Avir Rokeach, he has with him this um, tiny Sefer Tyra. It's like, it's like a big mezuzah almost. And it's very difficult for the Tori, the Balkari, to see the letters. It's, you know, you need like a, almost a magnifying glass. You know, the last Parsha of Sefer Bereshis, Parsha's Vayichi, has a very unique phenomenon Usually between the end of one parasha and the next, you look in the Torah school, look in the Sefer Torah, there's space. Nine letters of space or so. Between Vayigash and Vayichi, there's no space. It's closed. It's sealed shut. You know, what's going on over here? Rashi, you know, the foremost commentator on the Bible, he says, because when we were in Egypt, our eyes and our hearts were sealed shut. This is like a famous teaching, right? Every school kid in the yeshiva knows that we went down to Egypt, our eyes and our hearts were sealed shut. We never really focus on those words. What does that mean, our eyes and our hearts were sealed shut? They brutalized us. They made our life miserable. Why the focus on the eyes and the heart? Then it dawned on me that when the Jews were being tortured and Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses comes out, it says, Vayigdal Moshe, Moshe became great. Vayar Elechav, he goes out to his brethren. He looks at their torment. Here Rashi comments, Nasan Einav He placed his heart and his eyes on his brethren. And it hit me. You know, here's the problem. In Egypt, you know what our problem was? We were so self-centered, and rightfully so. They were brutalizing us that our eyes and our heart were sealed shut. And you know what happens when your eyes and your heart are sealed shut? 
I can't see what you need. I can't feel what you need. And if I can't see what you need, and I can't feel what you need, then I'm just looking at my own life. How do you think Hashem, how do you think God is dealing with us? God deals with us quid pro quo, measure for measure. If I'm not looking at you, and I don't care about you, so God says, look, I love you to pieces, but this is how I work. This is how I operate. I can't really look at your situation. I can't feel your pain. And then we're in hot water. <laughs> so we need somebody to break the cycle. So the Savior of the Jewish people, Moshe Rabbeinu, Raya Mehemna, the faithful shepherd, he comes, he puts his heart to feel the pain of his brethren. He looks to see, that's the man I'm looking for. You broke the cycle. A few verses later, a few psukim later, God sees the Jewish people, Rashi comments, he looks at us and he begins to feel our pain. So everything we do, not even in the workplace, especially at the workplace. This has universal reverberations. If you're a boss and you, you, know, you see your employee, he hasn't gotten a raise in seven years. He's marrying off his kid. Oh, not my problem. It's not your problem. But how's he supposed to marry off his kid? Maybe think, you know, you're doing quite well. Maybe give him an extra buck. Feel what he's going through. Look at him. No, this is business. I'll write out a check later on Sunday morning. Now, the more your business is open to the ideals of honesty and sensitivity, the more God's looking out for the success of your business. Wasn't Yosef HaTzadik extremely wealthy? Did it have to do with that? Okay, that's, that's an amazing point. This, this point is stirring. You know, of all of all the tribes, of all, you know, there are 12 sons of Yaakov Avinu, Yosef was by far the wealthiest. God said to Yo- Yosef uh, at the end of the Torah, Hashem should bless your land. It should be land with produce influenced by the sun and the moon and proliferation of grain. Rashi even comments, nobody had real estate like Yosef. Why? What did he do? What did he do? One of the commentaries points out there's a commonality of wording by the blessing given to Yosef. It says the word Ule Yosef and a word that it says by the years of famine. It says the same word Ule Yosef. We know by the years of famine, Yosef had it easy because he's the king. He's sitting in the lap of luxury. You know, he's, he could be sitting back sipping his uh, lemonade. No, Yosef says the world is suffering. I'm not going to engage in pleasure at this point. My heart goes out to the people. I empathize with the people. And even though Yosef had every reason in the world to so, you know, close the doors, no, Yosef, he's wearing his heart on his sleeves to feel for the people. God says, I like that. That's my characteristic. My characteristic is, I feel your pain. Remember, Eli, when God first speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu, he speaks to him from the burning bush. You know, not from... Uh, create myrtle tree, not from a beautiful tulip garden, from a burning bush. Why a burning bush? Rashi famously comments, God saying, Hey, how you doing, Moshe? Shalom Aleichem. You know who I am? I feel your pain. That was, you know, God's intro to Moshe Rabbeinu. Fast forward to the end of the Torah. 
when God is blessing Yosef and Yosef's getting the windfall, the bounty, the Pasuk says, Yosef, you know who you're getting this from? The one who resided in the thorn bush. What does the thorn bush have to do with it? God is saying, you know I am giving this to you, Yosef, because when you were in a position of leadership, you felt the pain of people who are suffering. When you're in a position of leadership and you empathize with the people and show sensitivity to the people and try to feel what they're going through, what do we see from the end of the Chumash? God blesses your business. You know, the Chumash is not just uh, rules of, okay, wake up in the morning, do this, don't do that. It's a handbook of successful business operation. Right. You want to be successful? You know, we study Yaakov, we study Moshe, we study Yosef. It's literally, it's a living document. It's telling you how to live, not just in your own four cubits, how to live in the entire world, and not just how to live, how to live happily, how to live successfully. A short break from this week's episode to tell you about my favorite clothing brand, Twillery. If you want to look good, if you want to save money, if you want to wear comfortable clothing that screams professional, Twillery is the one for you. See that? The little T on the side of my shirt, if you're watching on the video. More and more people are signing up. Twillery.com. Use our promo code CHAI. I think you can even go to twillery.com slash kosher money so they know we sent you. But promo code CHAI, C-H-A-I. It stands for 18. You'll get $18 off your first purchase of 139 and more. They got polo shirts. They got white shirts, especially during the high holy holidays. You can look good and be comfortable, right? Gone are those days of the shirts you have to send to the cleaners and lose a ton of money after wearing it one time. You can machine wash these shirts. Do it. Stop spending money at the cleaners and look good and comfortable, right? No one says that a white shirt has to be that rough material. They have short sleeve white shirts. They have button down white shirts. They have polo shirts that are two buttons. They have colored shirts. Whatever your style is, they have it. They have pants. You can actually buy a suit. I've shared videos of me wearing their suits. They are super comfortable. So don't take my word for it. Take the over 200 people that became first-time customers from these ads, twillery.com slash kosher money. Use the promo code save money. We're actually trying to work on a promo code for repeat users, right? People who have shopped there and want more and more of their clothing. So enjoy the links in the show notes. And now back to this week's episode. There were a few points that came to mind during the course of our conversation. Number one is this idea that when someone owes someone else money, right? They'll still go ahead and give tzedakah, like feel good tzedakah. Oh, I'll donate a safe for Tyra and this. And you might go to sleep at night knowing, oh, I just wrote a check. But like the most critical check, the most critical component of being a good Jew is to make sure that you truly have no debts. There's this term I recently learned. It's called sports washing. And countries that have poor track records when it comes to human rights will hold the Olympics in their country because there's a certain there's a certain aura, there's a certain glory that, wow, your country, look, presenting yourself to the world and it's saying, 
look at all these stadiums, look how wealthy and affluent there's business opportunity here. And they do that to sort of like detract and take right. focus away from the core element, the human rights. And I've seen that. like people it's massaging their conscience. Right, right. And it's very nice. And I'm sure you're getting a mitzvah for, for you know, sponsoring the washroom in your, in your shul and giving a big check to the local mikvah. But, but this idea that... No question. Paying people who you owe money to comes before paying money for a, a safer Tyra. Right, right. You know? It, it's, it's critical. What's the best contact info for you? I know you're on tour anytime. If someone has a follow-up question, a point, um, they wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to so get in touch? The best way to reach us is uh, at our email office at rabbidg.com. Okay. And we'll be happy to address their questions. We'll link to your YouTube channel, over 5,000 subscribers and growing. Um, so we'll put that in the show notes. What about books? Um, have you written one book, 40 books? Where are you holding in the, in the book writing <laughs> stage? There's a series of books for Art Scroll on the various Yom Taivim. We have on uh, yeah, uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and Sukkis. That's The Mystery and the Majesty. Okay. On Hanukkah, on Purim, on the Haggadah, on the Three Weeks. So that's in English. And there are a number of books uh, in Lashon HaKodesh as well. And uh, a number of Asfarim Be'ezus Hashem in the queue coming up uh, imminently. The, the, the one that's... Most imminent is a book on the Tana, Rabbi Meir Balhanes, which we have in Lashna Kodesh in Hebrew, in uh, in English for Art Scroll, hopefully Hanukkah time, Be'ezus Hashem. Meaning there's more than just the Tzedakah, Rabbi Meir Balhanes, right? Yeah, it's actually on the subject that Rabbi Meir's worldview, that we are always the beloved children of Hashem, and nothing could shake that, nothing could rock that. Where did the whole charity and the whole tzedakah component, how does that tie into his life so that, story? That's actually very interesting, and it very much ties into uh, Yom Kippur. This is a money show. Yeah. So let, let's draw the following analogy. So God's running the world. He's, he's pulling the strings. This guy has a lot of money. God decreed he should uh, he should have money. He should be wealthy. The next guy can't pay the bills. God obviously decreed he should be poor. He comes over to you and says, you know, help me out. I can't pay tuition. I can't buy food for my family. Why don't we say to ourselves, what do you mean you can't pay tuition and can't pay for food? Of course not, because God decreed you shouldn't have money. I'm going to have the audacity to contravene the decree of heaven and give you money. God doesn't want you to have money. And you know who, who used that argument? Tornus Rufus in the Gemara tells Rabbi Kiva, how can you give charity? How can you give tzedakah? So Rabbi Kiva says back, bad analogy. What if a king is upset with his kid and he tells, he makes a decree, the kid has to be in a deprivation and nobody should support him. And imagine a guy sneaks in and gives the kid food. What's the king going to do? He's going to reward him. Why? He made a decree. Yeah, but it's his kid. So Rabbi Kiva says, we're not the servants of Hashem. We're the children of Hashem. So there's actually a fundamental dispute. What is our relationship with Hashem? Are we God's children always? I always say, you know, never make this mistake, Ellie. You know, never take your kids shopping. You want to buy something? Find out what they need. You can take them shopping. Now the kid's he's not behaving. So the kid doesn't behave. Wouldn't it be convenient to say that? Somebody says, who's this kid? I don't know. Not sure. Their mother asked me to watch them for the day. You know, I don't know who they are. No, it doesn't work that way. Your kid is your kid. Your biological kid is your kid. Nothing you could do about that. But in the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda holds, our relationship with Hashem is dependent. If we're doing what God wants, we're His children. If we're not doing what God wants, we're not His children. We're His servants. 
And accordingly, you can't give charity. Rabbi Meir holds, we're always the beloved children of Hashem. So you could only give charity in the worldview of Rabbi Meir. That's the connection between Rabbi Meir and charity. And the book basically is a springboard of this concept of what does it mean we're the children of Hashem? Obviously, God is not physical and we can't be God's biological children. That's foreign to Judaism. So what does it mean we're the children of Hashem? What are the ramifications of that? Who do we rule like? Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Huda? The whole book is on this subject. <laughs> and to find the, the catalog of books, is this Amazon? Is this on your website? The books are on our site, RabbiDG.com. Artscroll has a list of all the English books. And on the site, there's a list of all the books in Lashon HaKodesh and all the books on in English as well. Wonderful. Okay, we'll put a link in the show notes. Rabbi Gladstein, thank you so much. Uh, a lot more to cover, but I think we covered some critical components to what a good Jew is. And I hope we make some sort of influence on people and they actually take to heart what kosher money really is. Thank you for the opportunity. Awesome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kosher Money. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to like the episode. Subscribe if you have not subscribed. Leave a comment. I know my brother puts a fancy word in his outro and he tells people to leave it. So we're going to do the same. So this week, I'm just trying to think of what word we can use so that I know you listen through the outro. And not everyone listens to the outro, but you do. And I appreciate that. So let's go with appreciation. Let's write the word appreciate. Appreciation, appreciate it. Something to do with the word appreciate. You can even write a long sentence and put the word appreciate in there. Appreciate this. Something that actually makes sense. But the word of the week is appreciate. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate our sponsors. We have Twillery. We have approved funding. We have Kolal Chabad. The three of them make up the trio of sponsors. And we thank our friends over at Living Smarter Jewish. More and more people are reaching out to Living Smarter Jewish. Do not tackle your finances alone. They have free resources. They have free financial coaching. Reach out to them. Info at livingsmarterjewish.org. I'll be upset if you don't click on the link in the show notes, livingsmarterjewish.org. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your future family to get things right today because the effects that changes you make today can have massive effects in the future. More and more of our episodes are being covered by Mishpacha Magazine. So pick up a fresh magazine, Mishpacha Magazine. Visit mishpacha.com. They have bonus video on many of our episodes and articles with follow-up questions. So you can get more of the kosher money world. Thank you to my brother, Yaakov, of the Living L'Chaim Network. He's got more and more shows, working on great stuff. We're doing events. If you want to know about our next event, visit koshermoney.org. And you can subscribe to our Eventbrite page and you'll be notified when we drop our next event. That's it for me. I really appreciate everything you guys are doing. Um, I only hear a little bit of the feedback. And Rabbi Gladstein told me that for every one person that reaches out, there are 99 other people that have been helped as a result of the work that we all do. And that really inspires me to continue creating more and more content. If you have a suggestion, visit livinglachaim.com. Click on the suggestion tab. If you want to sponsor an episode, Kosher Money is kind of maxed out on sponsorships, but we got a whole 
other array of shows, you can reach out to Yaakov there and he'll help you find the right fit for you. And that's it for me. So until next week, or whenever we meet next, keep your money kosher. Bye-bye. Living L'chaim. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.